All right, if you all have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16 today. And so uh, in, in your song sheet, we have this prayer, this Matthew prayer. And this started uh, when we were in Revelation, right? Was it Re- Revelation was the first time we ever did this. And the reason why we started uh, these kind of these prayers before the sermons in Revelation were um, because Revelation can get real scary real fast. And we just wanted to be centered on Christ and have our minds focused on him and, and where we were going to go. And so one of the things with this prayer is that we get to pray this together. This is something that we do together. I was actually watching this thing when it said, it said something about the Bible and how, uh, and we'll talk about reading the Bible today, but when we read the Bible, it's a communal book. It's something that we all do together, and so are the prayers in Scripture. So as we pray this, let us pray this together knowing that um, the, the togetherness really does mean a lot. So if you guys will pray this with me. Our Father, we thank you for this wise picture of Christ's life. Please reveal it to us deeply through your Holy Spirit. Teach us to listen well, learn well, and to live out that knowledge. Renew our sight, refresh our hearts, and grant our desire to seek and follow you. Jesus, help us live our lives for you. Amen. And this is Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. You, and this is talking about us, this is right after the the Beatitudes, and if we're still going to walk with Jesus, this is what Jesus says to us. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people hide a lamp and put it under a basket, but they but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So if we have given our hearts and our lives to Jesus, then Jesus is creating in us something that is new. He is creating in us a new heart and a new way of living. He is giving us a, a, a new image and what we get to look like in all of our lives, how we get to be and how we get to walk. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, that means if we are hidden in Christ or our hearts are given to him or we've dedicated our lives to Jesus, if anyone is in Christ, then they are a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. And so our old life is going away. And we, so that we can make room for the life that Jesus wants for us. And in this sermon, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the beginning with the Beatitudes, letting us know, blessed are you if you do this. Blessed are you if you do this. And it's moving us, and as it moves in this passage, Jesus is trying to teach us, if we are going to be found in him, if we're going to follow him, he's showing us, that what this new life will be, who we are to be. And we get to learn, we get to listen, we get to, like we prayed, listen well, learn well, so that we might live out that knowledge. We get to be humble and consider if this is who we're going to identify with, we're going to identify with Jesus, then this is how we get to live. Because this is what Jesus intended for us. This is who he was 
And this is who he wants us to be as his representatives and those who follow him. There, there was, is grace and mercy when we don't measure up because we're not going to, amen? But over time, we should be growing as uh, into the sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father that Jesus intended for us to be. It's a slow walk, and sometimes things happen quickly, and sometimes they don't happen quickly. But no matter how long we walk with Jesus, there are going to be areas where we're doing well, and there are going to be areas that we're working on. Amen? This doesn't, this doesn't end. Sometimes there will be areas where we are doing so good, like, uh, like humility, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, in some areas where we may always struggle, where we may always just go, Lord, you say this, but I wrestle with this all the time. There's peaks and valleys in our walks with Jesus. There's times when we're doing really well and times when we just have to say, you know what, Lord? I've fallen off the path. I need to get back on the path and I need to keep walking with you. But what this is what Jesus intended for us. That once we start following him, you know what we do? We don't stop. We walk with him the rest of our way. We keep walking with him. And he's going to tell us more and more, starting with the Beatitudes, what it means to follow Jesus or what it means to have Jesus in your heart or what it means if you say your life's dedicated to Jesus. This is what it means to have your life and your heart dedicated to Jesus. So you know what we do? We listen well. We learn well. We come to it with humility because we in this, in this walk, we are never the masters. We are never the ones that dictate our destiny or anything like that. We are always a student. And so we walk humbly with Jesus, allowing Scripture to encourage us 100%, but also to convict us 100% there too, right? And it is a wise thing to follow Jesus. Amen? So as we do this, um, as, as it's wise to follow Jesus, you know what it's foolishness to do? Stop or ignore him. Or walk away from him. Jesus is the salt and the light. And we are to walk with him in those ways because we are those things too. One commentator said that salt is a symbol, an ancient symbol for wisdom. So if you've lost your wisdom in following Jesus, what is it like? Well, you're thrown out. It's foolish. It's good for nothing. And so wisdom adds what? It adds good flavor to our lives. Amen. And so like it adds it in, in, in this is what this scripture is saying in part. It's saying if we are to follow Jesus, we're st- to stay that way, to stay full of flavor. But foolishness or the salt that is lost is taste. If we're uh, if we're going to stop following Jesus, then we've lost our taste. So I pray that we may be flavorful. Amen. Forever and ever. And um we can know that Jesus also said, he told us, he is the light of the world. John eight twelve says, Jesus, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Beautiful. I love it. This is who Jesus is. And now in this, this particular text in Matthew, he's saying, this is who you are because you're following me. It's our identity if we belong to Jesus. And so and I, the identity that Jesus bestows on us is different than the, the identity that the world might think of us, right? Think of all the people that you know and what they would say of you. Do they say you're the light of the world? Do they, say, they might say you're salty, but do they say that you are the salt of the world? 
right? What do people think of us? It, you know, sometimes we say to ourselves, okay, am I the light of the world? I got so much going on. I got so much baggage or whatever it may be. Or, yeah, I'm totally the, the light of the world. Whatever it may be, what do we think of ourselves? Our identity is who we are. It's who we are. It's how we believe and how we walk out who we are. And so if we follow Jesus and our lives are hidden in him, our old life is different. It's dead. It's buried. We are now hidden. And Jesus is visible. And so this light that we are, that Jesus gives us is, as his identity, is his light that shines in us. And this light is not to be hidden. This light of Jesus is not to be hidden. And so I want to be super clear that this section of this sermon that Jesus is preaching is clear. You and I, we are salt, we are light, we are a city set on a hill. Jesus is giving us this as our identity. It's like, it's like he's saying, um, uh, well, wouldn't it be sad if this world had no salt? Yes. Amen? Like it would be super sad, right? Wouldn't it be sad if this world had no light, right, in our life? All these things, they benefit us. And Jesus is saying that if we've counted the cost, so if we go through the whole Beatitudes, the last two were if you're per- Blessed are those who are persecuted. Blessed are those who are persecuted. So if we've counted the cost, we said, you know what? I believe that. I believe that. I'm, I'm okay. If I walk with Jesus, I, I, I can be persecuted like he was persecuted. So if we've counted the cost of the Beatitudes and we still walk with Jesus and follow him, then you know what we are? Salt and light. That's who we get to be through the blood of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. And salt and light are essential for this world. We can see and have flavor and also like preserve truth, right? Because of these things. And we are not to be hidden. Our light is to be something that gets to be, it doesn't get to be stowed away. That's not what we do with it. It doesn't get hidden. We shine the light of Jesus. And right, we're going to sing in a bit, we're going to sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? I'm going to let it shine. And we get to add a different flavor to this world. That's what we get to be about. And as we live the Beatitudes, and as we are blessed as we live for Jesus, we can't help but be these things. Being salt and light, we get to be a benefit to those around us as Jesus is a benefit to us. And as we get together here in church or in our community and all these Christians, right, all these lights of the world, you know what? Many lights make up a town. And a town will never be hidden that's on a hill. And that's a beautiful thing. So this last week, I was blessed, like really, really blessed for uh, about 100 different reasons by a block party that we went to on Friday. Right? The block party was to follow um, Charlotte and Josiah and Ezekiel were in a soccer camp. And it was put on by this organization called Run to Win. Right? Woo! It was cool. It was it was awesome that they do this clap there. So that's what that's about. Yeah. So so you know what that's about. So Run to Win is a sports camp throughout the greater Seattle area and has been for a long time. I think thirty years. Twenty-two. What's that? Thirty-two. Thirty-two years. They've been and and they run as an outreach. They put on these outreaches for kids and they partner with churches. They give kids discounts so that they can go and they can go and have a time to play. And play soccer during the summer and have a time to learn about Jesus. They have soccer drills, but they also have memory verses, right? That sometimes they do memory verse battles and they win and they do Bible stories. And they also have testimony times. They had a 
Um, one of, they had a Husky, like a current Husky player, football player, come in and share his testimony. And um, they have all these things. So, and then they also invite these kids to give their hearts to Jesus, which is super cool. And when these, heart, when these kids give their, their hearts to Jesus at Run to Win, they give them a certificate with the steps of what's next. Because they know that they're at camp and they just... So here's the steps. Number one, understand that you have, enjo- that you have joined God's team. That's the first step, understanding that, right? And I love it because it's like, I mean, they're speaking it in a kid language, but that's your head, your heart. Like this is, this is the identity, right? And this is the, what they're talking about. They're talking about God's plan for you, the plan that God has for you, that uh, as we understand that we're on God's team, that you should believe in him, that you should trust him, that you should confess him as your Lord and Savior. And then the second thing that they tell you to do is spend time with God. They tell you to pray and read your Bible. They give you a bunch of resources about how to learn the Bible and understand the Bible a little bit better. But they're really encouraging people, okay, so now that you've given your heart to Jesus, get to know Jesus. Like, walk him, walk, they walk these kids through, very simply, a way of learning about Jesus, who he is, and what that means to have their identities rooted in him. Then the third thing that I really loved is get to know other Christians. Now, when we do this, right, some of them we love, some of them we're like, eh, I don't know, like, you know, but it doesn't, all that gets set aside as we are lights in Jesus. And, and so what this is encouraging is it said, go to church, attend youth groups, and be in places that will speak to your heart about Jesus. And I love this. This is teaching them to be a city on a hill. And I really love it. They find that uh, uh, other, when you find other lights so that it'll help encourage your light and you'll shine brighter together. It's beautiful to have all three of these things to all three. We can say amen and just go, yep. All right, run to win. Let's go. We can, woo, we can just keep on going and see, see the fruit of that. But on Friday of the soccer camp, Mo and I kind of went, we wanted to see what it was about and just watch. And it was really cool. And I, and after the, the thing there was a block party and I loved it because to be honest, I'm not boasting or this is not so don't but I got to let my light shine I honestly I was able to walk around I saw so many people that I knew and I'm I saw a whole bunch of kids from Casino Road Kids Ministry um, I saw a bunch of adults that I haven't seen in ages I got to be encouraged by them and I got to encourage them I got to connect like th- there were some kids from Casino Road that you know I walked in they were in the mentoring group the leaders and just got to walk with them challenge them to throw a baseball faster than me and uh, and do all that kind of stuff just kind of play with them and it was uh, but there had been people that I haven't seen that they were like hey what have you been doing the last 10 years and I'm just like, what? Like, it was kind of like this crazy idea. And I felt that God used me and God used them to just be a mutual encouragement to one another. And this block party was put on by New Life uh, Church in Everett, right? They meet about a mile from here. I mean, maybe a mile and a half. And they were letting their light be seen. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, and, uh, they were a city set on a hill, letting their light shine before men. And I, for one, was blessed by it, right? There's no way that Grace and Mercy Church could uh, put on a block party like that. So I don't know if we would, but we also couldn't. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, on one hand, I'm grateful that we can't. On the other hand, I was so blessed by this other church, our brothers and sisters in Christ, 
that they did it and they let their lives shine and it wasn't hidden. It was seen. It was in public and, and it blessed the community. And I was a part of that. Many lights make up a town. Many lights make up a town. So we don't, there's tons of churches around. Amen. We don't have to agree with them all. That's okay. We don't, but at the same time, as long as their lights are shining, we just get to bless them and and be encouraged by what they're doing. We don't have to join them necessarily, or we can join in and just worship with them because one day we will all join in with them. Our knees will be bowed. Our tongues will confess that Jesus is Lord and we'll be surprised because not everybody will look like us. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So many lights make up a town and I love that we are the lights. We are the lights. And so our best defense against darkness of this world is not constant arguing or persuasion. By the way, it's not a Facebook post. It might be a tweet. I'm not sure. I'm just kidding. But it's not. It's living as salt and light in this world. It's living. The best defense is a life that is lived differently than others. We don't have to be pushy. We don't have to expect everybody to be like us or agree with us. That's not ever what the scripture is saying. But you know what we get to do? We get to invite them. Walk as I'm walking. Why? Because I'm blessed. Because I'm blessed. Because I have all these things. And, and so we, uh, we might do this and invite others and let them benefit from the salt and light. And as we live as salt and light, this is who we are. We shine and we add flavor that God is asking us to to be wherever we go. And we do this because Jesus loved us. Amen. Because he sacrificed his life for us. Because he gave his life for us on the cross. And Jesus set this up as our way, our truth, and our life. That's him. And we follow him. And we get to be salt and light as he is salt and light. And as we walk with Jesus, we let our light shine. Amen. We get, to, we get to be glowing. This is what we get to do. And even as we do this, we do this for uh, different reasons than others might think. We don't do this for our own glory. We never do this for our own glory or our own prestige, but so that folks may give credit to God our Father, the maker and creator of the earth. That's why we do this. We shine and we are salt so that people may know who our good and gracious Heavenly Father is. Amen. This is why we do this. We don't need the glory. We don't need the glory. We are a reflection of the goodness of God and we want folks to know that God is good even if they forget our names. We let our light shine. Again, not to make much of us. And, and, and let's just be honest. There are many who use God to make much of themselves. Right. So I'll take musicians uh, because like the pool of musicians, Christian musicians is actually really small. And if you're halfway decent, you you can be more elevated than you would in a kind of a bigger pool of people. Some people use Jesus to get a bigger audience and stand in front of people. And that's not why we do this. And by the way, my profession is full of these people, like pastors, full of pastors who use Jesus to stand in front of people and say, listen to me, because I've got all the wisdom. And that's, I pray to God that that's not me, but this is what happens from time to time. We can be honest with it and just say, this is not what God intended. He intended that we shine And we are salt so that people know who our Heavenly Father is. That's what we get to do. That's who we do. We don't need the glory. We just, we have, uh, we have used God for far too long to make much of ourselves. And we can be aware of this and avoid the folks who believe this and act like this. And it's not a good thing to steal glory from God. 
And the glory is His. Scripture is crystal clear on that from the beginning to the end. The glory is His. And we get to ascribe to Him glory and belief because He is the Creator of this world. He is the Father of lights. And as we are lights, He is our Father. And we shine to show the world that God is great and that He is good. So we shine so that others might know that God is kind and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and his grace that he wants to give us through Jesus Christ. That's what we get to do. We shine so that others might invite Jesus into their lives and have their lives changed, change who they are and add, we need more lights in the city, right? We need more lights in the city to add to the city on a hill. So this is my prayer this week. Grace and mercy, church, may we let our light shine. May we be salty. Not salty, but may we be salt. May we... Uh, love our fellow lights that make up the city. I didn't say agree with them. I said love them. May we love them and may we bring glory to God our Father who is in heaven and let that be enough. So Jesus, please come. Please let us be salt and light. Please let us see you and praise you and give you glory. Father, we repent for the times when we make it about ourselves. But Lord, may this be about you and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.